There's a saying in Old English, I guess it's still um, relevant today, that uh, a man is as good as his word, or should be as good as his word. Or in some of the cases, a man's word is his bond, it's his promise. I want us to look at that as we consider uh, how we can build character. One of the things that I believe every single believer should be focused on, not just simply um, singing songs in places of worship, but living out this Christian life. Please join me right here on Sitam Church Online. My name is Reverend Kwame Rubadiri. Be back in a few moments. The letter of James in the New Testament is a wonderfully practical letter. So many areas, uh, a couple of weeks ago we dealt with the issue of how the tongue has a tremendous impact in just a little thing that can be said uh, in, in affecting and impacting lives for many, many years to come. In the second chapter of the letter, um, James is talking about how we demonstrate who we really are as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, this is what he says in the 14th verse of chapter 2. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is that? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Now, as some people in the, in the American West will say, them is fighting words. How can you call my faith dead? I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been attending church. I sing my hymns and other special songs faithfully. I give and, uh, and, and, and I'm part of this community of faith. Well, James is directly saying that any suggestion that we are part of a community of faith and it, that suggestion is not accompanied by some practical, tangible, physical work or action, that faith is dead. I want to encourage us that if we are going to be um, progressively telling other people about the Lord Jesus Christ and his, his transformation and changing in our lives, part of our character, part of our uh, express uh, or expression of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ must be accompanied by some practical things that we do to change people's lives. That's why it's important to support the outreach to the poor. That's why it's important to give in a very practical, tangible way to support those who are in need. I know many churches do that, and many churches do it as organizations. And I believe that the Word of God here is saying that we need to do that as believers and individually as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we demonstrate our faith, and that's how our character, the character of compassion, is built in our lives. So I want to encourage you this week, starting today, do something practical with your faith, and let people talk about your faith because of your godly actions. God bless you.
Given all the disruption that we've experienced over the last almost two years now, suddenly we're hit as we come to the end of the year with a new variant of the coronavirus, which has created so much upheaval for business, it's uh, upheaval for tra traffic and transport uh, and travel around the world. Uh, it seems like uh, this situation is never going to let up. But I want us to consider that all of this might be happening for a specific reason in your life. As we get closer to the season of Christmas, what can we learn about upheavals that take place which are completely out of our control and how God uses them for His purposes in our lives? My name is Reverend Kwame Rubadiri, and you are watching Sitam Church Online. Our world seems to go from one level of disruption to another, one crisis of some sort to another. Lockdowns, economic upheaval, and so forth. And even as we get closer to Christmas, we're kind of thinking, okay, we'd like to have at least a little bit of a break so that we can enjoy a peaceful time with family and an opportunity to just spend some time together as the year is closing. Well, even the first Christmas had its share of difficulty. It had to go through a time of great disruption, a time of great uncertainty, and it seemed like the, the, the situation was working uh, not in line with the purposes of God, but against a peaceful entry into the world of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. After all, He is the Prince of Peace, and we are expecting Him to bring peace to all of our existence. But there was nothing peaceful about that first uh, Christmas. We read in the second uh, chapter of the book, or the Gospel according to Luke, uh, that in those days, uh, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken in the entire Roman world. Everywhere where there was Roman influence, every part of the empire needed to be, count, to be counted. And so we read in verse 4 that Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, at the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to him in, marri in marriage, and was expecting a child. So this was a very uh, inopportune, a very inconvenient time to be traveling, especially when your wife is just about to give birth. But the situation required that every single person obeyed the Roman law. It didn't matter how far away from Rome you were, you had to do as the emperor had instructed. So Joseph and Mary made a 157-kilometer journey on foot just as she was getting ready to bear her firstborn son, our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, all the way to the town of Bethlehem. Now, it may seem strange, but uh, this had actually been prophesied hundreds of years before uh, that a virgin would give birth to a son and uh, the prophet Micah, I prophesied that that birth would take place in the city of David or the town of David known as Bethlehem. Now, in order for any of that to happen, because Joseph and his family were not living in Bethlehem, some forces had to arrange and align so that they would move from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And this was the edict from the emperor himself. So I want us to ask ourselves a couple of questions. When things look like we're being forced either into a corner or a set of decisions that we were not expecting or even prepared to make, 
What's our normal reaction to that? Normally it's to push back and say, this is inconvenient, it's not gonna work now, I don't want to do this. And yet God had orchestrated all of this hundreds of years before, that through the inconvenience of a Roman Empire's edict, the first Christmas would take place in Bethlehem as God had prophesied all along. What do you think that God is likely to do with our lives and with our circumstances and our situations if we allowed him to look from the big picture? And a big picture, I don't just mean looking at what might happen in the next year or two years, but through centuries, through generations, that everything you and I do in obedience to God is actually lined up to the purpose that he has always uh, described and intended for us. Think twice about all of the inconvenience, all the difficulties that you may have to go through, and we often pray over because we think God has to change this situation, that perhaps God is changing, is refusing to change the situation and using it in a way to bring purpose in your life. Whatever that purpose might be, don't be too quick to oppose circumstances that may seem disruptive, that may seem out of control, because God is using all of that as he sees the big picture to bring purpose through your life and mine. God bless you. Happy New Year and the blessings of the Lord upon you, your family, and everything that you do in this new year, 2022. It's amazing that God has given us this wonderful privilege to start a brand new year, have a new beginning for ourselves, and indeed for all the things that he intends to do through us. As we normally do at uh, our church, Christ is the Answer Ministries, we begin the year looking at an annual theme. And our theme for 2022 is radiating his glory. I uh, want us to look at that and think about that briefly as you join me for this very first of our COO Sitam Church Online clips from myself here in the new year 2022. My name is Reverend Kwame Rubadiri. Our theme at Sitam uh, or Christ is the Answer Ministries for the year 2022 is radiating his glory. There is a passage of scripture, three verses from the 60th chapter of uh, the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament that read as follows. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, thick darkness over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. <laughs> 
The very first word of this text is the word arise. It's, uh, it's an interesting Hebrew word. It's actually uh, translated uh, in a variety of ways. The first one is to, uh, to arise or to get up. Uh, the second is to stand up, is to physically uh, be on your feet. Uh, and the next one is to show up. And that's what I want us to think about for a few moments this morning. When God says arise in these texts, he's basically saying show up, be present, let's see you, let's, let's recognize that you are here amongst us. It's interesting because he's basically saying that it is important for you as we begin this year and certainly in anything that we do in the course of the year to present ourselves, to be present in the tasks that are before us. And so I'm asking you and speaking to myself that we would arise this year that in 2022 we would show up, we would be present in everything and anything that we have given the opportunity to be in. There's an interesting statement that many people must know. It's actually attributed to a, a Roman poet, a philosopher and poet called Horace. And uh, it's a very simple phrase. Many people use it, they use it in films and certainly use it uh, when they're thinking about a new opportunity. And it is in Latin, carpe deum, which simply means seize the day take the opportunity, seize the opportunity with both hands in 2022 and show up. Be present in your uh, place of work, be present in your family, be present in your marriage, be present especially in the role that God has given you to do this year and beyond. Show up and let other people see that you are indeed present to fulfill the things God wants you to do. Now you may have felt that perhaps you've been you know, out of the picture, you've been undercover as it were throughout 2021 uh, and now is there an opportunity for new beginnings? I want to assure you that yes there are and this year gives us a bright opportunity to radiate his glory by simply being present in all the places where God gives us the opportunity to seize the day. I hope that's what you'll do every single day this year because God's light rises upon you. God bless you. Good to have you with me once again. I'm glad that we're able to spend some time as we begin the year. I'm always alert to the fact that uh, when I start something, I should be very conscious of the things that I'm hearing, the things that are happening around me, uh, so that I know how to respond to the beginning of something new. And I hope that that's what you're doing as we start 2022. My name is Reverend Kwame Rubadiri. You're watching CTAM Church Online. And let's look again at our theme at CTAM radiating his glory. As we read the verses in the 60th chapter of Isaiah, especially verse uh, 1, which says to us, Arise, shine, your light has come, the glory of the Lord rises upon you. There is so much to unpack just from that verse. And last time we were together, we talked about the need to show up to arise, to be present. Today I want us to sort of turn on its head the whole notion of seeing something or seeing yourself in a new light. 
you probably heard that term used many times, you know, you look at something and you say, oh, maybe I should look at it in a different way. Or this person's life or this person's example is seen in a whole new light, in a whole new dimension. And uh, I believe that's what God wants us to do for 2022. That we not only see ourselves in a new light, but we realize that there is a light shining on us that will show a different side of us to other people. For example, um, I think it's interesting that when God speaks of shining the light, his own light upon us, we then reflect his glory. We reflect what he is doing in our lives. We reflect his transformation in our lives to other people. People are then able to see what God has been doing in our lives and that the changes that that has produced and how that is now shown to the rest of the world. I believe that that's, this is what this verse is seeking to say to us, that there's a light that's shining on you. Uh, there's something that's been happening in you, perhaps been taking place in your life in the last year, and now God is going to shine a light on those changes, on, on the positive areas of those changes, and show them to the world because he wants the world to see what he's doing in your life and mine. So there's a new light that's shining on us and it's going to produce a new you in our lives. So this is my encouragement to you today to basically, as many of you who have perhaps been for, for portraits before, when you're told to keep still, don't move, and they put the light on you, the spotlight shines on you a little bit more, my advice to you and encouragement is to hold still. Let God finish that work that he's doing, finish the work of improvement in your life and transformation. Hold still so that the light can hit you just right and people can see the new things that he's doing in you and that you will be seen in a very new light because of what God is shining in your life. God bless you. We've been having a wonderful time together. I trust that you've enjoyed the time as much as I have just to share from the Word of God over the last couple of weeks. We've been looking at the whole wonderful truth of the light of God shining through our lives into a world of darkness and bringing about wonderful change. I want us to think about that for a few more moments here on Sidam Church Online. My name is Reverend Kwame Rubadiri. The first three verses of the 60th chapter of Isaiah in the Old Testament, uh, we are told these words, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Verse 3, Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. God wants our light not just to shine in our immediate concerns, in our immediate community,
but to shine even farther and even wider. Now, this text, of course, refers to the light of God coming upon the nation of Israel and coming upon that nation that he has chosen for himself and shining to, as an example to the rest of the nations. When you and I bring our collective lights together, when we join forces, as it were, and, and seek to represent God and radiate his glory as a community, as a church, as a body of believers, we are able to make an influence over a wider group of people, over a wider society. It says that, you know, when more lights, more candles are brought together, the whole place shines that much brighter. And our challenge to us this year, I believe, is that all of us not only allow the light of God to be radiated and reflected off our lives uh, individually, but to do that collectively, and how much more we'll be able to uh, shine a light that will influence our entire community, our entire nation, and the nations that are around us in the regions where God finds us. May we all find another light and find others that will shine just as bright as we do and take that to the next uh, level possible. I believe God wants to do something even larger, even bigger, so that we might make such a much, much larger impression in 2022 than we have seen ever before. I want to leave you with this question and this challenge. Would you sit in a house with just a candle in your hand, a dark house on a dark night, with just a candle in your, in, in your hand, and you own the house, and you have electricity flowing into the house, wouldn't you switch on all the lights so that you could see the wonderful uh, rooms that are available for you to use in your house? Would you rather sit in a corner with a candle in your hand and all of the lights off, and you have the power to turn all the lights on? I think God wants us to shine out and to use the power that's available to us, the power grid that's uh, um, available to us, instead of sitting in a corner with just a candle in our hands. May we shine brighter, may we find others to shine with us, and may we indeed cause the nations to come to the light of God in us. God bless you. Happy Valentine's Day. Today is Valentine's Day. I want to wish my beloved wife, my wonderful wife, a very happy Valentine's Day. And certainly to everyone else, I guess, around the world who's joining us today, this is a special day, especially if you're in a relationship or you're married. Um, and for those who as yet are not, there's something for you. I have good news for you. If you just stay with me for the next few moments right here 
on Seedham Church Online. My name is Reverend Kwame Rubadiri, and we want to consider what love truly is all about. The Word of God, the Bible, reminds us that love is far more than just an emotional high. It actually is much more active, much more proactive than you and I would ever have considered before. In the love chapter, which we like to call it, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the Apostle Paul says the following words. He says, love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy, it does not boast, and it is not proud. Other versions of the Bible say it is not arrogant. Now, all of those words are active and proactive words. They're, they're words which have to do with our will, our desire, our disposition, and they also have to do with the steps that we're willing to take in order not only to express love, but to experience it as well. So whereas a lot of people today may be uh, concerned about flower vendors, restaurants, and confectioners, um, it's far more than just having a wonderful time together, which I certainly do agree should happen, uh, but much more about what will be the substance and what will be the foundation of your relationship. And if it is true love, if it is love that has brought you together and keeping you together, I'm praying that it is established on the Word of God. So what do these words mean? What does it mean to be patient? Now, patience, most of us would simply recognize or understand to be a willingness to wait, to, to wait quietly without complaining. But patience is described in the Bible as bravely enduring any trouble or any adversity. You see, patience has to do with not when things are going well or when things are going smoothly, but really when things are going uh, uh, difficult, when things are tough. Uh, because when you're not sure how things are going to turn out, especially when they're difficult, it's hard to wait. It's hard to be patient. It's hard to trust that things will work out for the better. True love allows you to be patient, even in times, and especially in times of adversity. The other word that we were introduced to you, uh, to us in this text, is the word kind. And to be kind means simply to be useful and supportive. Uh, oftentimes we're not necessarily supportive to the people that we claim that we love because we're so used to them. We feel that, well, you know, you know how to do this, so get on with it and, and, and get it done. Being kind means that you take the time to be supportive and to be cognizant of the fact that your help can always be welcomed and received. Then the last word was the word proud or arrogant. And to, to be arrogant from scripture is to, to proudly think of yourself as being better than the other person. I think one of the most devastating things in any relationship, in any marriage in particular, is for any of the spouses to think they're better than their spouse. Maybe you make more money, maybe you're better educated, maybe you come from um, richer backgrounds, etc. If you think of yourself as being better than your spouse because of any of those or any other, reason. Uh, that is being proud and love is never proud, never, never looks down on another person, never uh, sees another person as being less than. The love of God uh, could have, God himself could have looked down on all of us because none of us measure up to him. 
none of us measure up to his standard of holiness. And yet, the Bible says he loved the world that he gave. He came down to our level. The Lord Jesus Christ became as one of us, yet without sin, and loved us until we knew we needed him. So in other words, we're really saying that love is not selfish. In fact, a lot of people misunderstand love, the opposite of love to be hatred. It's not. The opposite of love is selfishness. And the less you and I allow selfishness to rule our lives, the more we truly understand and truly express the true love of God uh, in our lives. I want to um, encourage you that this Valentine's Day, even as you celebrate, even as you take time uh, to share with somebody that you love, somebody that's close to you, that you do the best you can to be as proactive as possible, not just today, but for the rest of your lives, for certainly the rest of your relationship together uh, to honor God. Love is deeply practical, it is deeply proactive, and it is deeply personal as well. God bless you as you enjoy the day and you enjoy the rest of the year.